episode of Huskies on Tap, a podcast for the Huskies by the Huskies presented to you by ONTAP Sportsnet. I'm your host, Brandon Suarez. You can follow me on Twitter at BDON300. And today I'm coming to you live from the Chessick Center at NIU. They just finished up practice here and they got the DeKalb Media Day. I have the pleasure of sitting with defensive lineman James Esther. James, how you doing today, man? I'm doing good. Nice to be here. So I got to ask you first, right off the top, what does it mean to be named one of three defensive captains for the team? Uh, it's an exceptional feeling, man. I mean, especially I'm only 19, yeah. going into my what we do call it third freshman year. So I mean, it's great to just be honored by the team, just to be respected like that, all those type of things, man. Yeah. So that leads me into my next question. Talk about the importance of that extra year of eligibility as far as growth and chemistry with this group of guys that you have. It's definitely huge, especially since we had so many young guys last year. Having that extra year for those guys to get those six games in and just kind of get their feet wet. It's exceptional. We'll, we'll be able to be a much better defense. So I see we're not wearing 44. Was it 44 or 42? 44. 44. Yeah. We're wearing number one. What's up with that? Was that your like high school number or something you wore growing up? Uh, yeah, actually, I used to be a running back. I wore it for three years and playing literally like my last three years. I always wore number one. Couldn't get it in high school. Yeah. Does Coach Hammock have a goal line package for you? I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Coach, he makes jumps about it all the time. So hopefully we can get it somewhere. I'd hate to see you in the trenches on fourth and one, man. That would be some stuff to see. So outside yourself, you know, you're a captain now. Who are some players on the defensive line that Huskies fans may not be familiar with, but will be after this season? Uh, definitely uh, Demonte O'Malley is going to be a big guy for us. I know he saw a little bit of time at defensive end last year, ended up getting two sacks. Now he's moved inside. He's going to be a big force for us in the pass rush game. Uh, Mike Kennedy, I know he's been here for a few years, hasn't yeah. always gotten time that he probably felt he deserved, but now he's getting his time. He's working hard. Uh, and I say Jalen Pinkney, he's a transfer guy. He's, he looks like he's going to be pretty good for us as well. What school did he transfer from? Uh, I believe he just came from UCF. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, we got a couple couple transfers in. Rocky, like you said, Mr. Pinkney, it's good to see uh, they're able to work that transfer portal because before you got here, man, we lost a lot of people to it. Yeah, so. for sure. But looking forward to this season last year's in the past we can forget about it we won't talk about it tweet about it none of that what are you looking forward to most about this season and what are some goals you have for yourself uh personally i want to come out and be a leader for this team ultimately become an all-conference player the type of guy that people look up to as far as this team just keep it getting better every week keep progressing keep progressing keep progressing perfect i love to hear that do you have any words for uh, husky nation here before i let you go uh just want to say we love you guys hope you can come out and support us all year Appreciate you. Go Huskies. We look forward to packing the stands for you, James. Thanks for taking the time, man. No problem. All right, Huskies fans, we just wrapped up with defensive lineman and team captain James Esther. We are now moving to the offensive side of the ball. One of the newest members of the team I'd like to welcome to the show, Rocky Lombardi. Rocky, how are you today? Good, man. How are you? Hey, I appreciate you taking some time after a long practice. Uh, you guys are really getting after it out there. You're dotting the ball all over the place. The running backs look good. I got to ask you right off the top, uh, you know, you're a transfer student from Michigan State. What led you to choosing NIU as a school you wanted to continue your career at? Yeah, well, Coach Hammock talked to me a lot about, you know, what he saw in the team. And, and some of my goals as, as a quarterback were to, one, to win games, two, to, to impact the program, you know, on the field and also off the field. So, you know, just be a leader of men. And I feel like coming here, uh, I've done that. You know, for me, it's, it's, it's about taking that next step. And I feel like this was the best place for me to do that. We appreciate you coming, man. We didn't know everything was up in the air. We thought we were going to go underclassmen. And it's good to see, you know, we were able to get a guy from a power five, someone with experience. 
you talk about being a leader of men. What does it mean to, to be selected in your first year, not even a whole calendar year, you're here and you're already named the team captain? Yeah, it means a lot. You know, I, I, coming in, I was one of the older guys. I knew that. So yeah, I kind of felt the responsibility to be a leader on this team. But to be actually selected captain, kind of a little bit eye-opening for me is that, you know, this is how they really think of me. And, and I really got to take that next step as a leader now to, you know, to help take these men where they want to go. So I got to ask you, I saw the post last night on Twitter of you and Clint. <laughs> Who's the older guy and what's the what's the roughly age, the rough age we're, we're looking for at that picture? Because I looked at that, I'm like, those are some grandpas out there. Well, Clint is turning 24 in September. I turned 23 in July. He's a, a grade older than me, but we're about, what, 10 months apart. Um, in, in that picture, we're probably about... At least 85. <laughs> at least. We still swinging, old. still running through we the hole, doing everything. So. Yeah, but it's camp five and six for us. You know, we're we're feeling a little old. We got a young team, especially, which doesn't help. But yeah. <laughs> we're out here having fun playing the game. I feel your pain, man. I'm just finishing up grad school. I'm 27, so I always feel like the oldest man in the room. So I'm with you on that one. <laughs> I got to ask you, so having played in the Big Ten last season, what advantages do you think that gave you coming into Mac, you know, Mac conference play? And then, too, we got a big date against Michigan. I feel pretty confident we're going to give them a run for their money. How do you feel uh, the Big Ten helped you to where you're, where you're at right now? Yeah, um, I think, first of all, just the experience in general is, is really what's most important. I think, you know, I've played a lot of games. I, I don't even know how many, but I've, I've played in a, in a lot of football games, and that's going to help me just going out there and, executing kind of knowing what I'm doing already on the field um specifically in the Big Ten though you know it'll be good for me because the game's slowed down a little bit for me to, from from also experiencing from uh the Mac compared to Big Ten but you know here we got good players that, that can compete with the Big Ten so I think the, the biggest advantage of me coming from the Big Ten is is to show these guys that they can compete at any level you know, it's not just the math. Yeah, and, and to have Michigan on our schedule this year, and they got a good game against Georgia Tech to open the season, those are two quality Power 5 opponents that are really good litmus tests to see what we really have going into MAC play. Um, I got to ask you, so you're with the guys more often than I am. I've only been able to come out to a few practices. Who are a few dark horse uh, wideouts or tight ends will go past catchers that you think will make a big impact this season? Yeah. Um, I don't know if he's necessarily a dark horse, but he definitely hasn't been talked about enough. Miles Joyner, our transfer tight end. He was um, killing it today, yeah. He was killing it today. He's going to be a, a really good player for us. He's still grasping the offense. He just got here like two months ago. Yeah. So he, he's figuring it out a little bit, but, you know, he's going to be a real good ball player. And I think not necessarily a person, a specific person, but our depth at the running back position is going to be oh, yeah. a real problem for people to handle. We got four or five really good backs that can play. They all have their own you know different talents and abilities but they all are going to contribute greatly to this offense yeah i was going to say between you know what five six different running backs that can come in and compete five six seven eight i'm not even gonna say it. there's too many receivers that can compete yeah. like and that's a good problem to have especially for you yeah. um it's going to be very interesting to see you know how who's going to be starting who's going to get rotation because you know coach hammock yeah the competitive players will always play even if it's in a complimentary role you had mentioned you got here in um in, in spring, uh, how has the adjustment period been since you arrived on campus, whether it be school life or just that balance between school and, and yeah. uh, practicing and stuff? Yeah. Um, for me, you know, school wasn't too different. Um, I didn't really know what to expect from a school perspective, but it was it a was pretty smooth transition. Um, Athletic-wise, or football-wise, I guess, it was better than I expected. You know, coming in, 
I always thought when we got transfers in, and, oh, this is the transfer kid, you yeah. know, whatever, whatever. And especially coming from a, a Big Ten school, I wasn't sure how the kids were going to respond or how the players were going to respond. Um, but they responded well, and they, they took me right in and under their wing, which was, which was really awesome. It, it helped me kind of show my leadership um, you know, earlier than I probably would have in a different program that wasn't accepting. Yeah, so I got one last question, a fun one. So Braden, I talked to him at Mac Media Day and Clint as well, and they said you guys are all living together. So who is the best gamer in the house? Oh, the best gamer? Well, it certainly isn't me. I don't even have a gaming system anymore. So I'm probably last. I don't know. I bet I could still be Liam. Liam's probably <laughs> last. I'll take third. Clint's by far the best. Yeah. Br Braden's second. If Braden tells you he's first, he's not. But Clint's, if you're not, Clint's, if you're not first, you're last. Yeah, exactly. Clint's yeah. the real deal. Don't game with Clint. <laughs> they were telling me you guys got a nice little man cave set up in the family room. So that, yeah. it sounds like good. It sounds like you made yourself at home. And I really do appreciate you taking the time. And uh, best of luck out there this yeah, season. Thank right? you. Thank you no problem. All right, Huskies fans. We just finished up with. NIU quarterback Rocky Lombardi, and now we are joined by NIU leading receiver and all-MAC player Tyrese Ritchie. Tyrese, how are you today, man? I'm doing great. You? I'm doing good, man. Thank you. Thank you for uh, joining me here today after a long day of practice. You guys are really getting after it out there. Um, I looked down on the roster. Will this be your last season as a Husky? Oh, yes, sir. So with that being said, what are some goals you've set for yourself going into this season? I mean, you've already accomplished a lot before this, but what do you have in mind for this year? I just want to be better than last year. In every in every way, like it's just my whole mess, my mindset this year. So come back. So here's a fun one. I didn't know until I interviewed Trayvon for the show, but I didn't know you guys were cousins. What's it like playing with your cousin and, <laughs> and at the same position, both such dynamic players and such great playmakers? That's funny. Uh, we just found that out last year. Uh, that's great. I mean, really, like all the receivers, like my cousin, brother, it's like you know. So it's like family. You know, yeah. So it's like it's fun going out there with. We have a position group that cheers on and we all have fun, like, you know? So it's like. It's, it's they were all looking good today. Messiah Travis was making a lot of plays. I saw a nice end around, a nice deep catch. I got to ask you as one of the older receivers on the team, because we do have a very young team. What's it like being like a leader in that room? How do you like that role? See me, I, I, I lead in a different way. Like I'm not one of those guys. Vocal, you know, right? You're more lead by example. I, I just really just. Lead by how I work and things like like that. Um, I mean, the young guys they they pick up on things pretty well. Like they bigger, so it's like they're really not young. And all the guys in the room is experienced. Yeah, just want to play this year, so it's like we already a step ahead. So talking about those young guys, who is a one underclassman wide receiver that you think Husky fans should keep an eye on for this season? All of them. Maybe in the crate. Um, it could go on, but you know, there's some guys that you know improved in every way. Um, they gonna have a great season. This year to have my my favorite way to describe that room is too much ammo. You guys got like seven or eight guys that can all come in and start and play well. So it's it's really good to see. And I was talking to Rocky about it. it's got to be the best thing for him to come into a room with young, hungry receivers like that. So without having a MAC championship in your career, what would it mean for you to compete for a MAC championship and get to Detroit this season? Uh, uh, just stay home. Like, um, that was always like a goal of mine to get to the MAC championship because like, I had uh, JUCO, I actually came here out of high school. Yeah. So I went to JUCO and came back. 
Like that was my whole thing of coming back was getting that championship in my hometown. To finish what you yeah. started too. And I remember I you know, we've had class together. I've met you off campus and stuff. And that must have been the first year that you got back. And and honestly, man, like watching you play is amazing. You make great plays. The I got in trouble the first time I was in the press box because it was the Western Michigan game. It was when you broke off that that run where you rolled over, dude. No cheering in the press box. I didn't know. So but hey, you make people get out their seats, man. You're a real electric player. One final question. You got a new quarterback this year. What or let Husky fans know what to expect from Rocky Lombardi going into this season. Uh, we expect everything from him. He's great. I mean, he's a great leader. Um, you keep all the like the receivers like tight. Like he's very detailed in what he do. Like he got a strong arm, he can run. Like so, you're gonna keep the defense on their toes. So it's like we didn't really, you know, yeah, have that last year. So it's like. And I saw I saw him running today, man, at 6'3", 227. He can really move. And, and running downhill, you don't want to be a DB in his way. And that's big for us. Yeah. You know, so that, that, it gives us more options to, to do. Yeah, more, a bigger a bigger uh, play calling sheet. And, yeah. and, you know, when your quarterback can run, the, you've seen it. The NFL and college, the possibilities are endless. One final question, or I guess, I guess you would just say a statement. Do you have any words for Husky Nation here before I let you go? Just be there. That's all I got to say. Just be there. I promise you I will do my best to get as many butts in those seats for you, Tyrese. I really appreciate you taking the time, man, and best of luck this season. All right, Huskies fans, we just finished up with senior wide receiver Tyrese, and we have moved back to the defensive side of the ball. I'm joined right now by redshirt senior Lance DeVoe Jr., linebacker. How are you doing today, Lance? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. So last year's behind us. You, you know, you had the injury, but how have you been healing? You look real good. You look fast in and out your breaks, and you look good out there on the field. How do you feel going into this season considering the injury last year? I feel good. You know, uh, after everything happened, you know, I just made sure I hit rehab hard, you know, made sure I stayed focused and, you know, did whatever thing, did anything possible to make sure, you know, I got back 100% healthy, you know. Now we're getting going with camp, you know, I feel good, ready for the season. So I see you got a couple new friends over there in the linebacker room. I see they moved Eddie Jackson up to the linebacker position, and you got some underclassmen, obviously. Who is someone in that second level of the defense that we should keep an eye out on for the future? Uh, well, like you said, uh, Eddie Jackson, uh, he's showing, you know, good signs. You know, he's going to be a really good player. Uh, you know, we have David Rayner, you know, who played a little bit last year. Yeah. He's going to be a key guy this year. And uh, I think a guy that stayed, stepped up this past spring was uh, Jayton Dolphin. You know, he's definitely going to be a guy to watch out for this year. And he, so. he changed from uh, yeah. defensive back to linebacker. Too. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So, you know, we got a good good group of guys that's, you know, going to be looking good this year. Yeah. I remember when we got to the game last year, the, the first game you were out, we saw that you weren't playing. And I was like, I wonder what David Rayner's got. And mm-hmm. he answered the call weekend and week out and, and, only a freshman too, so he's what yeah. 18, 19 years old. So you love to see that level of maturity and that that level of progression throughout the season to get yep. better. Going into this season, what are you looking forward to most outside of just getting back out there with your guys? Uh, you know, just to have a, a full, healthy season. You know, I, I'm just ready to get back to football. You know, like you said, you know, it's gonna be fun to get back out there with my guys. And, you know, just just to strive towards the goals that you know we have have in place. You know, so I'm looking forward to it. And then we had a little conversation here before we started recording, but go ahead and tell the listeners what you're going to be doing this fall. 
Oh, I'm actually gonna be graduating with my master's so, uh, in sports management this fall too. So graduating <laughs> champions here at NIU, and you know you've been here for quite some time, about four or five years. You've won a MAC championship. You've done just about everything in between the lines. Got to leave with that degree, and you'll be good to go. Do you have any uh, words for Husky Nation before this season? Any final message that you want to give them? Uh, looking forward to having you guys back in the stadium. You know, come out support. It's gonna be a good season to watch. Yeah, they're going to have to bring the juice, even though we got plenty of juice down there on the yep. sideline. We need as many people out there in the stands, and let's give this team uh, a nice roar when they do something good. So, Lance, I really appreciate you taking the time and best of luck this season. Man. Thank you. I appreciate it. No problem. All righty, Huskies fans, we have now finished the interview portion of the show. We'd like to thank James Esther, Rocky Lombardi, Tyrese Ritchie, and Lance DeVoe Jr. for taking time out of their busy day after a hard-fought, very intense practice to come sit with me and answer a couple questions and just chop it up about this season. Like I said, practice was intense. I got in at about like 9.20 start. I think it either started at 9 or 9.15. But either way, when I got in there, you know, guys were moving and grooving, a bunch of different position groups. Uh, I kind of gravitated more towards like the receivers and the offensive side of the ball. I saw a lot of the defensive backs as well. And there was plenty of different live sessions, seven-on-seven seven sessions, and one-on-ones to where it was like there was always something going on. It felt so amazing uh, just to be back in person, first and foremost, just because it's been such a weird year, uh, the last year and a half where, you know, you take they, they talked about it all in the press conference. You just take these things for granted. And to just hear the pads pop and to just see the guys getting after it, uh, it was a little bit of a different setting than normal, too, because it was inside the Chesick uh, Practice Center. So a little bit closer to the guys, you can see things a little bit better. And, and overall, I, I think it was a good practice. Offense had, you know, they had their, their time to shine. Defense had some nice, you know, strips and nice fumble, uh, nice force fumbles and stuff of that nature. But overall, I really liked the intensity. I loved, loved, loved as someone who was never the star on the team, as someone who, I didn't have much of a football career, but as long as I did last, it was because what I had is heart and, and finishing plays and finishing runs and, and just running to the ball. And I didn't see a single walking body. I didn't see a single, you know, mopey body down face, nothing. Everyone was positive. Everyone was encouraging each other. Everyone was hustling and, and getting after it. And, you know, I saw some great things. I saw Ethan Hampton looked good. Rocky Lombardi looked good. Uh, they also had, and I, I, I just, you know, this may have been the first practice that I've seen them, but I got a roster, a full roster of all the players. And there's a lot. Um, number 16, Ryan Yost. He's a sophomore out of Medford, New Jersey, and a transfer from, it looks like Wagner, Wagner College, maybe FCS, not familiar. I know they have a basketball program that's, that's D1, but 6'4", 195, he looked good, dotting it around. Uh, you know, Fletchy was out there too. Fletchy always looks good. Uh, he he fits the bill. He has the size. And, you know, between him and Ethan Hampton and, and now look, Ryan Yost, sophomore as well, you know, passing on the quarterback reins in a good manner when Rocky Lombardi graduates or when he leaves, presumably to go to the NFL. We have him now listed on the roster as a redshirt junior. And you got to remember too, um, all the guys got an extra year of eligibility because of COVID, but overall a great day. Uh, it, was, it was a two hour practice. They ran a little bit long, which I'm never going to complain about because it's like overtime in a game. It's like more free football. More, so we're here for that overall great performances, 
you know, individually from Messiah Travis, who is a guy that you got to think is, is working to get to that slot receiver position or to rotate in uh, for Cole Tucker or, or Tyrese Ritchie, you know, coach Hammock said it perfectly. The depth chart is changing every single day. Uh, and it's way too early to tell what it's going to look like September 4th. But as always, I think it should be like a quote board in his room. The best players will play. Is my favorite thing that I hear from Hammock. There's always competition. Um, and, and to be honest, you know, looking out there in the different units today, if you didn't know who the starters were or, you know, who the main guys were, after a while, you, you could possibly figure it out. But it was one of those everybody eats days. And I didn't see too many angry coaches. Coach Hammock did not have his voice when he got into the press conference, but he hasn't, he hasn't been at it since spring. He's screaming and, and coaching and doing the thing, but I didn't see too many big mistakes. There was some fumbles and, and stuff that happens in the course of practice, but you can't be perfect. You can't go through an entire practice or, or game or season, you know, without making mistakes. And that's what practice is for. We're talking about practice right now because we don't have any games yet. Talking about practice, we're to Allen Iverson. And yeah. Saw some great things out of Javion Ducker today. Uh, I didn't really get to see him too much in spring camp or much of last season, and I thought he looked phenomenal. Uh, Davern Rayner, again, and I'm gonna pre I'm gonna preface this with what I'm about to drop the hammer of the entire show and probably the saddest part of the show. But Davern Rayner is going to be an All Conference player in this conference at some point. It may not be this year, but at some point. That kid will be an all-conference player. He comes back as a COVID freshman, 6'3", 212, looked phenomenal all over the place. Absolutely love to see it. But on the topic of linebackers, I would not be doing my job if I didn't disclose the information. And it's honestly sad, and, and I didn't know about it. And I don't think anybody knew about it until today. But Coach Hammock led his press conference off with the fact that our guy, Kyle Pugh, will be out for the season. So thoughts and prayers to Kyle. Um, hopefully he gets through a speedy recovery. And I don't know I don't know if there would even be an option for him to come back and play. Maybe he could try to do NFL or CFL. But that's a guy that left it all out on the field for the Huskies and someone that absolutely bleeds black and red. So I, I hate to see it. And I hate to even say it. Like, I wasn't going to tweet it out. That's not really like – I hate doing injury articles, but it's part of the game. And unfortunately, we've lost Kyle Pugh for the entire 2021-2022 uh, season. So you can expect, um, obviously, with Nick Rattin being named a captain, which we'll get to later, a bigger workload on Nick, a bigger workload on Lance DeVoe, who you guys heard from earlier. And then DeVern Rainier is, is going to have to continue on that path that he led once we lost Lance DeVoe last season. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, what they throw out there on defense, but losing a guy like Kyle Pugh uh, on the field is a terrible loss, but coach Hammock on a, on a positive note did say that Kyle Pugh will still remain with the team in some capacity. So whether it's like uh, maybe he's kind of doing like a GA role, but he he's a player, like he has been in the trenches with those guys. He knows what to say. He knows what to do. He's war ready. So he's not going to be out there as one of the 11 on the field, but he's going to be on the sideline. I hope they get him a headset. I hope they get him ready to roll because 
he's basically a coach on the field with all the experience that he has already. So yeah, thoughts and prayers to him. Like I said, speedy recovery and, and onward we move because we have, you know, we got to go you know, this team has plenty of players that are hungry, that are dying for that opportunity. You saw it today. If you were at practice or I didn't take any clips or do any videos. Uh, I was just kind of really, just taking plays and watching specific players for that rep and, and just rotating, whether it be line or, or receivers, DBs, the linebackers, the running backs, my God, there's like six of them. I feel bad for anybody, any coach that has to game plan against us outside of the fact that, you know, Tyrese Richie is going to get the ball every game at five plus times, no matter what death taxes and Tyrese Richie touches like that's as clear as I could cut it. Everything else is, is a puzzle piece. Coach Hammock has different pieces that he can put in different spots. And there's a little bit of everything. Muhammad Torre looked really good in practice today. And that's a guy who has the size and the frame and the physical ability to be a real problem for some, for some DBs here in the MAC conference or even in the conference or in the non-conference play. Like he's just a problem with his size and, and the way he works his body. And yeah, he was doing phenomenal today. Um, some of the other receivers that look good, obviously, like I said earlier, uh, Messiah Travis looked phenomenal today, tight end pass catcher going to be like our Gronk. I'm going to call it now. He's, let me pull it up real quick. He's probably only 18 years old, maybe 19. Yeah, so – oh, no, 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 he's not. He's a junior. Okay, correction. The transfer Miles Joyner from Youngstown State. I knew he was a part of this class. I just did not know he was a transfer. That's on me. Got to do my homework. But 6'4", 250, bro, that guy is a Mack truck. Like, he – he was just rolling people today and, and it's thud. So I'm not going to say he was truck sticking people. Like we're not, we don't want friendly fire. We don't want anybody to get hurt, but like the way that pad popped when he got the ball and when the defenders met him was very loud. And you can only imagine that's going to translate over when it's live defenses. And cause I mean, obviously, you know, it's kind of just like takedown. Like if you end up rapping and taking someone down, it happens, but like, we're not out here going up on the joystick trying to hit stick anybody on our team. Like that does us no good. It's not game preparation, whatever you want to call it. Like, let's just keep the status quo. Let's run our plays. Let's make sure the the muscle memory is, is in place and, and the players know where they're supposed to be on a certain play and know what they're supposed to do. And they know their responsibility because at the end of the day, complimentary football wins football games. And if everybody does their one of one, the 11 will fall in line like a domino and you'll, you'll get the job done. So, you know, with that being said, I, I honestly, like, I'm so ready for this season to start. And, you know, we talk about this non-conference schedule. You talk about Georgia tech, you talk about uh, the Michigan game, you talk about Wyoming or even Maine, you know, all these games are going to prepare us for a rigorous Mac conference schedule in which Ball State, like we said last episode, predicted to win to go up against uh, Kent State in the conference championship and kind of just going with the teams that have the most experience. But I think the most interesting part about our team is the youth and just the chemistry that they're going to be able to build because 
They keep adding players, not currently, but like they've added another great and a large recruiting class of players from all over. And, and even our guy, Cyrus McGarrell, I don't know if that's exactly how you pronounce it, but the kid is 6'2", 180 at the cornerback position, 6'2", as a freshman out of Canada. They don't make 6'2 corners in a factory. There's not a factory that you can go to to get 6'2 corners. So absolute great find. He looked pretty good. They had him matched up against Tyrese Ritchie a couple times today, but the either the play wasn't drawn up or it, it wasn't like Rocky or whoever was in at quarterback was really looking towards Tyrese. So some of them were run plays. So I'm not going to. I'm not going to go, you know, run home with that, but he looked good. His, his footwork and his transition, his T-step, all that stuff looked good. Um, and, and I'm excited to see a kid like that grow into a college weightlifting program and a college nutrition program and to see how he really fills out to where maybe he's a junior, a senior, he's like a 6'2", 190, 200 pound corner. That'd be absolute insanity. So again, Hats off to Coach Hammock and the recruiting staff for finding the players that they do uh, from all over. And right now, man, like, other than the interviews that we got today, I'm going to try, you know, to get out to practice as much as possible. I encourage you when they have open practices to come out and take a look. I went to a couple of the open practices uh, during the spring, and I would say there was like 250 people there, maybe like Okay, maybe not. I'm not I'm not great at counting, but there was over 100 people, maybe between 100 and 250 people. So it was a nice, you know, good bunch of people to have there. And as you heard in the interview portion, I I tried to do it as quick as possible. I'm sorry if only, you know, if they were only like four or five minutes, uh, everybody was trying to get interviews in. We all had to get them done before the press conference started. So kind of working on a limited schedule but again thank you to everyone that took the time and obviously thank you to our athletic communication staff uh, for setting everything up so yeah the theme was when I asked the guys you know what what do you have for you know your words for Husky Nation be there so it's almost like if you build it they will come I think uh, I don't think if we're not hiding it anymore we're excited about this season. They're excited about this season. You should be excited about this season because it's an opportunity for us to get better and an opportunity for us to compete, go over 500, get to a bowl game and possibly compete for a MAC championship, which would be the biggest surprise almost in all of college football, a team that won zero games last year. Imagine, imagine that story. So I'm not going to speculate too much, um, other than that, a couple other guys that I thought looked really good today, Eric Rogers looked good at the cornerback position. It's crazy. I say, you don't, you know, you don't just find six, two corners at the six, two corner factory, but Eric Rogers also six, two, 175. So he has great size as well. Coach Hammock, like he said on the last episode of the show, uh, from Mac media day up there in Detroit said, they're really looking to fill that second cornerback position. Dylan Thomas was playing safety today. I didn't ask in the press conference, which I should have, I'm such a dork, to figure out if, you know, he's changing positions to safety. We've seen him play safety. We've seen him play corner. He's kind of like a Swiss Army knife, Dylan, and he can play both roles. So it's better to know both and to know what you need to do in both because you'll probably get more playing time. So we'll see uh, what happens. But whether he stays at safety and doesn't go back to corner, 
the guy that's lining up on the other side of Jordan Gandy is going to have a big task because Jordan Gandy played phenomenal last year. Uh, you think of guys like Ty Miles, you think of guys like Miles McGee, Eric Rogers, uh, and even, you know, like I said, uh, Cyrus McGarrell. Again, great size. There are a gazillion different options. And I don't know, we'll, we'll, we'll try to make it as loud as possible. There are legitimately two full pages front and back and a third page that's like three quarters full of just players on this team. So, yeah. Also, I don't know if I said his name right or if I'm going to say it right, but uh, Leaf, Leaf, I, yeah, I'm, I'm going to mess it up. But Leaf, the Leaf man. Probably the biggest human being on that team. 6'8", 331. Like, buddy, get out of his way. He looked great. That offensive line looked great. And if you take time uh, to go over to the NAU Athletic YouTube page, you can go ahead and listen to the press conference. And and they talk, I asked Coach Hammock. Uh, I only had a few questions. Still kind of kind of a little nervous in regular press conferences. I'm feeling more comfortable. I'm feeling more like I belong and – you got to get ready for stuff like this if this is what I want to do for a career. So, yeah, I, I asked him, you know, what do you feel on this team has improved the most from last season going into this season? And, or, or maybe like, what are you, you know, most excited about? And instantly starts talking about the battle in the trenches, offensive, defensive line, guys like Pierce Opong, Devon Taylor, Devontae O'Malley, James Esther on the defensive line going at it with the likes of Braden Patton, you know, Tyler Pitzel, Leaf, the Leaf man. I'm sorry, I can't pronounce your last name. I, I'm going to have to wait for uh, the game day cards. And then then I'm never going to mispronounce another name again in the history of this podcast once we get to week one and I get that little – that press sheet with all the names. So I apologize. I somehow already lost my voice. I don't know what the heck's wrong with me. I wasn't out there coaching – I was trying to like cheer, but on the low, like I didn't want to be like, let's go. But there was some, uh, there was some head turning plays and thankfully nobody was injured. Looked like a completely healthy practice. I'm sure there's some bumps and bruises. It's football. It's the nature of the game, but no one's seriously injured. And yeah, other than that, I got nothing else for you guys. Um, stay tuned. I'm going to start getting regular interviews incorporated back into the show probably next week. So I was busy moving the, the whole last week. And then obviously, you know, working, trying to get together, but I absolutely could not miss this day. And it did not disappoint. Um, a great practice. If I did have to give a winner uh, between the offense and defense, I'm going to go offense. The defense still played phenomenal. It was, we'll call it like a 27, 24 game. If it was like a score, if I had to score it, like it was, as close as it could be, but I saw some great things out of this offense. And I think the most important thing that I saw was the way Rocky Lombardi ran, passed, composed himself, led. That's my quarterback. Word to T.O. and Tony Romo. Like, I'm excited to see what he has in store for Husky Nation this year. And you guys should be excited for all the new you know, the new incoming players, the players that we were able to bring back because of the situation that we are in as a society and just the opportunity uh, to have 12 games. Actually, can't stop. I was, I was just talking about this season and the practice, but I forgot that I missed the meat and potatoes, the actual press conference. So 
there are important newsworthy things that did occur during the press conference. Similar to the MAC Media Day press conference, they talked about things like the NIL. They also talked about, uh, obviously, the ongoing COVID, COVID pandemic, which um, it is what it is. Like, it's, it's become a part of our life. It's the new norm. It's what we're dealing with as a society. And I guess we kind of just got to deal with it together and just move on and move forward. And hopefully we can get it out of here by like mid season. Like there's really nothing that we can do, but Sean Frazier had some great quotes. And if they aren't exact, I apologize. I was trying to type as quiet as possible to get quotes so that some of them are kind of shortened or a little less than what he said, but you'll get the point. So what they're paying attention to most right now is currently how COVID is affecting and what COVID is doing. And they want to keep an eye on that, you know, closely because at the end of the day, the most important thing for this team is the health. And if you can't play, you know, it's not, it's not good for you. It's not good for the school. It's not good for anyone involved. So we need our players to be healthy and, you know, they're obviously following great protocols, whether it be with, um, you know, wearing masks, socially distance, obviously it's hard to socially distance during a football practice, but you'll be satisfied to know that the team is at a 90% vaccination rate that was confirmed in the press conference. And I'm assuming the other 10%, they got about a little under a month to get it done. So they might have to get the one dose because some of them are two weeks out or four weeks out, but probably just good to get that going before the season starts uh just because they're going to be traveling they're going to be all over the place they're going to be playing against teams that are playing against teams from all over the place because college football is the greatest sport in the world there's like 120 teams so it is what it is especially throw the non-conference into that but obviously uh the nil is it's it's here and it's important for our players to be educated on what companies to work with and what not to work with also to make sure that they're not giving away their name, image, and likeness for less than what they deserve. And, and just the overall, I guess you would say like structure behind it. Sean Frazier did confirm that they are working with a company by the name of compass to assist their players and, and advise them with their NIL decisions. So it's good to know that we have a third party in-house that is familiar with dealing with these kind of negotiations and stuff of that nature to make sure that all athletes on this campus are getting properly compensated when they are using their name, image, and likeness. So thought that was great to hear. And then a, a good quote I'll say from uh, Sean Frazier's interview was, as long as we do what we're supposed to do, we will continue to be able to have these interactions, which he was talking about just being able to have a press conference in person. We're so used to being on Zoom and and doing everything virtually and there's hiccups with that it doesn't run as smooth and it's harder you know you gotta make sure everybody's got their wi-fi everybody's in at the same time when it's a press conference in person it's so much easier everyone's there and it just feels so much more personal i guess you would say like i don't know today was my second day being able to do a live press conference and a live being able to do a live press conference and live interviews and Again, like I said, a little bit nervous, but it's it's unmatched. Like it is the best in this in this quote unquote industry that you can get. Like, I guess the only thing that would one up it would be like the sideline interviews, which that would be like the dopest job of all time. 
they did a really good job with that in the XFL too, but yeah. I digress. We'll get to what Hammock had to say, and then we will let you guys ride off and stay tuned. We're going to have an interview for you guys next week. I did not pick which player I do want to talk to, but I will have one, and we will have another episode right after this. And honestly, you're going to be hearing me every week until about January. So stay for a while. If this is your first episode, welcome to the show. We're happy to have you, but I got to get to these last few uh few quotes the final quote for sean frazier was uh the job of a coach is the hardest it has ever been right now with the addition of the nil because you kind of got to change the way you recruit uh, change the way uh you conduct yourself not necessarily conduct yourself but you know the nil is is brand new it can affect players in a sense that it is a different um activity that they're partaking in that could take up time that could take away from them making grades could take away from their athletic performance stuff of that nature so you got to find that work-life balance and yeah i i trust coach hammock and i trust his judgment on you know this this company compass and and sean frazier's judgment on compass and just their judgment as men uh they made very tough decisions in these in this last year to make sure that our team didn't miss a game and that the players were healthy and and everything has gone well so far. So we're, we're in a good position. Um, he said, he said it himself, coach Hammock said, what a difference a year makes. We've made tr- tremendous strides this off season. He's talking about on and off the field. Um, like I said earlier in the show, my favorite coach Hammock quote, the best players will play. And he finished that up. Like I said, with the depth chart is always changing. Um, this was a good one too. This was a, football guy quote of the week I'll say a good running game and a good defense will always travel so I did notice today there was an emphasis on the running game and Harrison way we looked phenomenal uh, Aaron Collins looked good Clint Rakovich looked great and he even said at the end of the you know the presser he said if he was working with the Ravens right now he'd be trying to find a way to get Clint Rakovich on his team next season so high praise for the Western Illinois transfer uh, to do it all super back you know as he said himself we'll go with the super back slash rat dog because i like i like them both but good nicknames and yeah and then too rocky rocky ran the ball well i i don't even want to say he's like deceptively fast because he's just like fast like that that would be disrespectful and yeah big like big guy uh if you're a db trying to tackle him you better wrap up and you better make sure you bring the boom. He's not, he's not an arm tackle for a defensive back linebacker may be a different story, but at his size, he has a full head of steam. I'd like to see, uh, eh, actually, no, I don't slide. Please slide. Don't, <laughs> don't take those head on collisions. Don't be a Jay Cutler about it. Just slide, bro. It's, it's not that serious unless you need the touchdown. But other than that, um, talked about packaging players to get the players in the best position to play well. I wish Matt Nagy would do that for the Chicago Bears, but I have at least faith in knowing that Coach Hammock will follow up on that and we'll see a bunch of different packages and a bunch of different players contribute uh, to the bottom line of trying to win a MAC championship. And uh, he fit, he finished with probably like the most gangster quote of all time. And he said, you come in here and you put your hard hat on and you have a blue collar mentality and you work hard every day. And and that was his, I guess you would say, 
definition of the hard way and, or, you know, moving forward, what the hard way needs to mean to these players. So, yeah. Other than that, uh, like I said, get your season tickets, get your individual game tickets. The players set it themselves, be there. And I think it's going to be a show. I think it's going to be an interesting season. And I'll even go out and say it. There's a very real possibility that going into conference play, we're either three and one and at the very least two and two. So take that how you want. I will do similar to last season, uh, a Mac preseason preview, inform you on, you know, what players are leaving other schools, what players are coming back, stuff like that. Get you guys all acquainted with the entire conference. But again, this was Huskies on tap presented to you by on tap Sportsnet and brought to you by bet rivers. I do appreciate everyone for taking the time out of their day to listen to our show. And we look forward to having you back next week. Uh, we'll have a player interview for everyone to listen to. So thank you very much. And go Husky. Yeah. I got dreams of living left in the kitchen with magic. I got dreams of living left in the kitchen with magic. Bad bitch, bad habits. We got London on the track. I ain't asked now for nothing. I took the heart away. Toya put me over coming with it. They took my heart away. Hard away, hard away, hard away, jumping it hard.